0: Welcome to the show. Welcome, Abhishek, to the show. So it's really a privilege to kind of have this uh, event uh, in which um, we'll talk about the book, um, Digital Transformation Implementation Handbook, which has just been kind of written and launched uh, worldwide. Um, So we have with us um, uh, Abhishek uh, on the show. So can I just ask, um, Abhishek, to maybe start with a bit of an introduction and then I'll, I'll, I'll go for it. Yeah. Sure.
1: Um, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I am Abhishek Rumta. I am founder and CEO of uh, IndusNet Technologies. Uh, I have been into digital business for last 25 years, uh, working with uh, SMEs as well as large enterprises and helping them in their transformation journey. Thanks, Abhishek. So uh,
0: my background is that uh, I'm basically from IIT Kharagpur School of Management. I'm the first batch and I've been in the tech industry for about 30 odd years. I've started with my career with MassTech and then moved on to Pricewaterhouse and then we became PwC and with IBM. So I've spent 20 years uh, doing various kinds of digital transformation projects, both in India as well as overseas. So those were basically implementation projects based on customer requirements um, and doing uh, kind of coverages, um, you know, across processes, across countries in a kind of uh, uh, transformation areas in terms of, you know, structuring technology systems and then rolling it out. So I've got currently a lab in which um, we work very closely with startups, uh, mainly on tech. Um, We look at kind of um, data and its insights, how we can call it out and take, um, you know, predictable kind of actions. So as a part of a give back, um, what we thought is that uh, we will write a book in terms of uh, how we can kind of take our experiences uh, in terms of the digital uh, part of it, which we've been there for the past three decades, and take it to the uh, the digitally kind of um, underserved, more in terms of uh, a kind of a give back um, towards community and vocational service. Vocational service because um, digital is an important foundation and um, uh, in terms of reskilling and adaptation, it would be required uh, in terms of um, you know, India is right now on its 75th um, kind of um, independence and anniversary and um, kind of next 25 years will be the growth areas in which digital will be kind of required. So with this, um, I just want to go and um, uh, ask Abhishek in terms of the foundations, in terms of business processes. Uh, What are his thoughts in terms of, you know, being the
1: foundation layer for an enterprise? So, I think uh, if we look at India, since you spoke about uh, uh, this book in Indian context to a greater extent, um, if we look at India, uh, the digitization in India was primarily around accounting and a little bit about inventory management. If we talk about masses, uh, obviously, larger enterprises have gone far, far ahead and done a lot, but let's uh, talk about the masses. So um, I think uh, the change that we have seen in last few years is that there has been a massive change in the mindset. People are going beyond accounting. They understand that digital can do a lot more. So people are looking at business process automation. They are looking at business process workflow management. Uh, I also see a lot of effort put into CRM. Uh, management because people want to now better manage their customers, uh, the relationships, uh, the engagement with their customers, a lot of marketing automation is coming in now. So people are trying to use tools for, uh, you know, structuring their marketing, measuring their marketing as because most of the marketing is also now moving to digital, as you see. So I think uh, the change in last uh, two years, more specifically, has been exponentially uh, high And of course, it has been building up for the last five, six years, but in the last two years have actually changed the whole scenario uh, to a great, great extent. That's right, Abhishek. I think uh, in terms of
0: the impact of COVID, which was about, uh, you know, it started in uh, late, uh, early 2020, we find that when we talk now to the MSME, to their founders, to the entrepreneurs, that they don't ask us the benefits of digitization because now they realize that digitization is very important in terms of functioning. So in terms of business process, as rightly said, um, in terms of the business blueprint, an exercise should be done in order to map your business processes, thereby it becomes an easy platform in terms of automating it, putting it into systems, etc. Um, there is also that uh, uh, important point that if we can put in all our transactions into our system, uh, there is no kind of manual intervention. In real time, uh, we are getting a true and fair picture of our financial statements. So we don't need to ask you know, for reports, we don't need to go through reconciliation processes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and transactions are in our automated and in the system which is a kind of a source of records. Second is that we move to the next layers and uh, Abhishek rightly talked about the importance of the CRM systems which is basically, um, you know, customers are our bread in terms of bread and butter, in terms of our business. So how do we kind of manage, track, automate and engage our association in terms of um, uh, the engagement so that they be with us and take it forward. Um, so then uh, the importance of uh, you know, the data, uh, one is the structured data part of it which is there in our system. And how we do we look at the insights from the unstructured data which is around us? So Abhishek, what are your thoughts in terms of getting a combination of both of them
1: into a platform, and then taking out the insights. Yeah, so I think um, Mm -hmm. insights, definitely I'll talk about insights, but insights come a little late. I think the first thing that uh, businesses need to start doing is to understand uh, their customer, uh, basically slicing, dicing to understand what sector, what segment, which geography, how they contribute to their business, what they can do better, uh, how they can arrange their, uh, you know, uh, sales force, how they can arrange their uh, customer servicing teams to be uh, be a better service provider and also how do they value the better customers more and how do they work towards the uh, smaller customers to see if they have potential. So I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done with the very basic amount of data, which lies in the CRM itself. Second is that uh, obviously a lot of businesses need to use CRM also to continually track the engagement with the customer at different types of engagement. So an engagement can start with registering an order to a issue that has been raised by the customer to the delivery and logistics and transaction at that end. So I think you need to cover all these and have a single uh, system of record where you can see what is going on with the customer. I think that is number one. Once you have done that, then comes the aspect of trying to get insights from the data, right? Uh, It has been known, it has been a very known fact that we have almost uh, tons and tons of data, but we are not getting the insights out of that. So the availability of data is not a challenge. The moment you talk about data analytics, I think the companies go to a back foot and they start thinking, how will they get the data? I think data is already there a lot of data is there and if you start analyzing them itself you will get a huge amount of insights and you will try to f- and you will be able to figure out what to do next so i think uh, it's not a matter of uh, uh, what this data say it's what you need to understand is that to understand what this data really mean to you right because the same piece of data can mean different thing to different people once you understand what this data mean to you and you will be able to use it in your business decisions. So insight without business decision is useless. So that is where I am saying that first of all, we have to look at this. And then when you talk about unstructured data, we can also look at that, but I think there's a huge opportunity which lies right now at the structured data side. And small businesses somehow feel that data analytics is only for the big boys. It is not for them. I think that thought process has to go and this will not go by itself, it will need time, these people need to see the outcome of the data that they have got. So applications have to be built which basically uses the data and guides the user rather than just basically create a system which is a system of record.
0: Correct. So in fact my, my book uh, talks about um, uh, very explicitly in terms of the business process reengineering part of it. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to um, areas mm-hmm. like um, the cloud computing, in which actually we are talking about um, having um, uh, and data is very important as we as as described because data is the new oil. Data is in our, this century is is our valuable asset. So enterprises who actually call data and kind of monetize the digital assets, their valuations will be high in the going going market. And so hence, you know, the importance of data is to be understood uh, and kind of monetized. So uh, in terms of the the base data, uh, basically which is the structured data, We have the, you know, the very well uh, defined, um, the ERP, the SCRM, the supply chain management systems, which kind of collate it together. And now data is being hosted onto the cloud, in in which um, there is a lot of benefits in terms of uh, whereby you don't need to own kind of you know the hardware the software the people managing it the infrastructure and also have the benefits of you know the service level acceptance of having the uptime of the systems at say over 95 96 97 percent so as a result what happens is that you focus on your core work which is it could be manufacturing. It could be kind of um, talking to your customers, getting more benefits out of it, et cetera. In terms of services, how do you render enhanced services and not worry about the non-technical part of it, which is mm-hmm. uh, left on to the experts. So uh, very recently, the government has also propagated the, the Data Privacy Act, and which is talking about localization of the data. So if it originates in our country, which is say India, it should be resident in India. And it's also talking about data flows between India and the other countries in a very well-defined way. So, you know, government is taking a lot of uh, uh, steps in terms of uh, various programs. For example, it started with the the Aadhaar program in which uh, direct uh, uh, beneficiaries, um, uh, authentication of data, is taking place and it is creating quite a uh, quite a good base in terms of you know the forward-looking part of it. GST is another area in which um, you know the compliance in terms of our uh, direct and indirect taxes those are kind of uh, monitored and structured, and um, the the systems which we talked about in terms of the transactions will cover kind of that. Um, Abhishek, what do you feel um, in terms of um, the government initiatives, in terms of the structural reforms? Mm-hmm. What is the thought process in terms of the, you know, the next uh, few years um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of uh, taking it forward? Because India is also becoming, um, uh, we are t- aiming to become a $5 trillion economy and we are currently the top five economy. So what are the
1: thought processes there? I think uh, the government has shown a lot of positivity towards uh, adoption of digital and the different facets of the digital economy in our uh, uh, in our governance tools. If you see the uh, the India stack that we popularly call it, uh, which includes uh, you know. Um, different products including the upi and now we are talking about ondc uh, and uh, we also are talking about the sehamati platform so there are a lot of different things which are coming into uh, a platform which i can we can access and uh, you know as developers we can access and also as consumers we can access i think uh, this is one of its kind initiative uh, in the world where the government is coming forward and building the platform and the infrastructure For citizens as well as the development uh, organizations and businesses to collaborate together to kind of digitize the whole ecosystem Uh, and i think that is pushing india ahead in the race of digitization uh, by several notches so if you see upi has by far become the most important uh, payment system in the world today uh, which is also threatening uh, the 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 well-entrenched credit card companies so when i uh, ride a cab i would rather pay by upi uh, because it takes few seconds rather than i take out my card and swipe it there uh, i mean people are even using upi to pay to street vendors the adoption of upi does not need a card swipe machine it does not need many of those uh, sophisticated tools that were created uh, you know um, to to create a payment system so i think uh, and I, I see very similar uh, adoption of uh, interesting platforms like Sehmeti and aggregators because uh, it gives you complete single view of a customer. So think about data which is coming out for underwriting of loans. Uh, I mean, in any other country, just to do that, you will have to write hundreds and thousands of lines of code. You will have to engage with, uh, you know, uh, several API connections, several different providers. Here, one, one single connection, You have a PAN number, you can get anything and everything about that particular consumer and you can use that data to underwrite any loan or any transaction for that person or any, uh, you know, you can understand the overall usage pattern of that individual. I think this is tremendous. Um, The only thing that I am uh, a little uh, uh, not so happy about, if I can say that, is that somehow uh, uh, Web3 has been a little sidelined in terms of its uh, scope. Uh, I think the government understands very clearly and I, I appreciate that the government understands that Web3 and crypto are two different things altogether. So it's great that they are keeping it separate, but I think they should go out and promote Web3 uh, in a much, much bigger way and in fact even build platforms around Web3 so that you know uh, we can promote uh, 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 distributed autonomous organizations, we can... Uh, create tokenization of different assets. I think there's a hell lot of thing that can be done uh, on Web3, provided government starts backing it uh, with the same passion as it has backed payments. Correct. So, uh,
0: in fact, um, uh, the progress is substantial. Um, I was in Germany this summer and um, surprisingly, we had to kind of take out cash from the ATM pay uh, our landlords uh, in the Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So that was a sharp contradiction to um, how we operate in India. It's thanks to uh, NPCI who has framed UPI. And uh, we find that it is 0%. The charges are 0% from a consumer perspective. So as a result, actually, the MDR charges on credit card, uh, there there is a downward trend, which was which was not thought of uh, before so uh, I think that is one the second is um, uh, you know aspects of um, you know things like um, the DigiLocker which is there in terms of storage of our important documents which can be kept there uploaded there and those which can be used so um, uh, coming back just to the cloud part of it Um, I think there are a lot of advantage in terms of, um, you know, the capex versus the opex part of it. And uh, CFOs, um, the organizations have realized that, uh, uh, okay, if we don't need to really have our data uh, servers in our balance sheet, in our asset items, but if we can, you know, charge it off in our profit and loss account, it becomes, um, and we don't block our capital, (laughs) point number one. Point number two is that we're getting the same or enhanced level of uh, the service level agreements. And point number three is the threat of cyber. Uh, we, we obviously need to be conscious as an as an enterprise, just as we as an ind- individual are, are being conscious in terms of you know, doing transactions, of uh, being careful et cetera, but there is a level of protection which is there uh, in, in, these, in these hosting platforms. Um, and number four is that the easy adoption and usage. So for example, we want to develop a new system and we want to quickly prototype it. So no longer do we need to kind of buy servers, provision it. It becomes a longer route. So we can just provision our storage space, etc. We can put in our apps and take it forward. So, cloud is an important chapter in the book which we have kept for the understanding. What is hybrid cloud? What is um, you know the, uh, the the public cloud? What are the benefits? What are the pros and the cons? So, it acts as a ready reference uh, kind of a reckoner for uh, entrepreneurs, for um, uh, for people who want to kind of use tech, um, uh, especially a lot of startups who come from non-tech backgrounds but want to adopt um, technologies to scale up and to kind of uh, take their products forward. How do they kind of move into the cloud? Um, If we move on to the, uh, the important part of connected systems, API is very important and a very good example was the UPI, which is the NPCI part of it how we are doing the financial transactions in terms of FinTech, there is a lot of uh, progress. In fact, India has become the SaaS provider of the world. So earlier we were very big with services and uh, and myself and Abhishek, we've seen it grow in terms of how we evolved uh, in terms of services. But now uh, in terms of SaaS, which is software as a service, products are being put on. Um, uh, onto, onto cloud, which people can adopt and use. Abhishek, what are your thoughts about um, you know the products? Um, you know how does um, how does that work um, or, or SaaS? If we look at it, what do you feel would be the adoption and the scope in the future?
1: So I think see um, SaaS is a new business model uh, uh, as terms as buyers are concerned in India. For them, paying for a software every month or every year is a little alienated concept. For I am again talking about majority of the businesses. And a lot of people want more control. They want more, uh, uh, you know, uh, they want to kind of do it a fixed cost and then maybe a little bit of a maintenance cost around it. And if you see, uh, you know, in recent years, we have also seen uh, uh, Intuit, uh, which was a major uh, Uh, accounting software company, global accounting software company who literally had to move out of India uh, was primarily because uh, the Indian model uh, for accounting software, the habit of Indian consumer is about paying once and then paying the maintenance cost. Whereas Intuit of course is a SaaS business model and that was one of the challenge. And second of course was that Intuit had to run in a SaaS business model because the changes they had to do uh, in terms of uh, uh, modifications due to regulatory changes and uh, environmental changes was massive and you cannot run that business on a fixed cost plus uh, AMC model. So, SaaS will take its own time to get into real adoption unless companies come with uh, you know uh, innovative uh, products which are of real use to the businesses and they are priced right. So, Indian adoption will be little slow But there are some very interesting companies which has proved it otherwise. And I I really wish that they keep proving it otherwise and new companies come in and uh, kind of go into the market. But it is going to be very important for them to be profit-making businesses. So just by making losses and changing habit is not going to work because the habit is not about using SaaS. The habit is about paying for SaaS, which has to be a recurring monthly or quarterly payments. And I think that is something that uh, SaaS founders have to crack if they want to sell their products in India. I think the current big wave is about SaaS founders building products which are being sold to larger businesses in India or larger businesses outside India or small businesses outside India. These three parts are working beautifully, but I think you need to think very differently when you have to sell to smaller businesses in India on the SaaS side. True, Uh, but the number of success stories are also there, Mm
0: -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Zoho's there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I work with Expand ERP which is mm-hmm. on the cloud and it's meant on subscription. I work with Retigens which is a supply chain pr- uh, product which kind of optimizes the, the data uh, for retailers. So uh, yes, the adoption is a challenge because people need to kind of uh, do it, but it's a it's a quick model in which it solves a lot of problems Uh, And um, uh, basically, um, you know, it talks to a number of systems. So I think um, the adoption of APIs also is taking place. That is a big change in terms of uh, data and its integration to the unstructured part of it. Um, And there is a lot of scope in the future. So we talked initially about the importance of data and its monetization. And I think API and connected systems is going to be the part of the next wave where we need to kind of um, uh, think about it and adopt it. And uh, it forms an important chapter. In terms of IoT, uh, there is a lot of of work going on in that area. In my lab, there is a bunch of young entrepreneurs who are working on IoT systems in trying to design its gateways in terms of getting data from the sensors and then putting it onto the cloud, which helps in visualization. Thereby, you know, you can get certain um, kind of um, thresholds or workflows in terms of if there are any deviations, how to kind of adapt. What are your thoughts
1: on IoT? Again, IoT is, uh, again, uh, a very interesting uh, evolution of technology but I think it was always always there. I think what has changed, so we had embedded systems earlier as we know. I think what has changed is its connectivity to internet, uh, cheaper hardware and the speed. I think these are the three big changes frankly speaking. And we are kind of putting the same embedded systems in a new avatar uh, which we are calling IoT. So IoT I think is, was very important earlier, it is currently very important, it will remain important. But I think what is more important on top of IoT is the analytics layer. Our ability to read data from devices on a regular basis as a stream of data and analyze that, evaluate that, and create insights and then create actions on top of it. I think that is tremendous. And now the whole ability to write this entire layer of software is getting in hands of very early stage developers, right? Earlier, if you had to be really an embedded programmer and someone who would write intelligent systems using embedded programming, you had to have a lot of experience and it was out of out of reach of many low-end developers or early developers but i think now you know you can read data from anywhere you can mishmash data from different sources you can create data models you can create uh, intelligent systems i think uh, it's, it's kind of uh, very liberating if you if i can use the word so yeah i think there will be a lot of innovation that will continue to happen here and lot of uh, so now application layer thinking is coming because earlier it was more infrastructure layer Mm. uh, problems that people were solving now i think we are moving to application layer uh, problem solving and business layer problem solving yeah and
0: i think a lot of excitement is there with the announcement of 5g Mm -hmm. and um, next diwali we are expected to be having the major rollout And that will uh, really create a stir. (coughs) Also, point number two is that uh, in terms of data and its cost, India is really miles ahead. So again, I was in uh, parts of Europe this year, and how expensive it is uh, in terms of, you know, we as an outsider to go and to get data, and also the people there, you know, the data costs are high. So because our networks are much more modern, and uh, kind of uh, thanks to the likes of Geo, Airtel, etc., telecom uh, kind of a backbone, uh, there is uh, going to be a big transformation in that area and a lot of work also in terms of supply chain processes, the adoption at the factory level. In fact, um, we are kind of pushing for supply chain automation because that is typically the area in which um, a lot of um, Development can take place, uh, but it is slightly behind. Um, So we want actually in terms of the adoption of the book as a first step to go to the factory workers by which uh, they can understand and appreciate what is the scope of uh, the digital framework, point number one. Point number two is the adoption by them. Uh, so that their businesses in terms of productivity, in terms of uh, outputs can be scaled up. So as a result, uh, India overall becomes um, self-sufficient, not only domestically, but also from an export competitive wise. So we become kind of global players like we've done to IT. Um, We become in terms of manufacturing and products, uh, you know, to, we become suppliers to the world, thereby we become, you know, in the top three in the coming uh, years. What do you feel about supply chain automation uh, in terms of,
1: um, you know, the scope which is there in front of us? I think uh, supply chain automation, again, is a function of uh, how we use digital, uh, how we use workflow, how we use uh, uh, data analytics uh, all these things together to solve uh, complex problems of demand and supply and how do we move things from one place to another if you see uh, uh, a lot of innovation has happened in india in terms of and and these have happened from very very young founders and entrepreneurs who are actually disrupting the way logistics and supply chain is handled in india uh, i mean you look at uh, companies uh, like Shiprocket, you look at companies like zepto you look at uh, what swiggy is doing All all these things are not only adding convenience on one side, providing employment on the other side, but also disrupting the whole supply chain system on on, on one side, right? Um, I also see traditional industries like marine also getting disrupted in a big way. Uh, It's just that uh, that change is happening under the radar. Uh, We don't talk about a lot. These are not industries that are, uh, you know, uh, in our eyes all the time, but changes are happening on that side also. And uh, I see again, you know, um, there is a lot of change which is in the wings uh, on, uh, which is riding on Web3, uh, which basically helps and connects all these different uh, uh, stakeholders of the logistics industry uh, so that everybody can be true to themselves and the other partners and we can have seamless transaction between them. So I see uh, obviously logistics and all uh, the changes that happen, we can only experience when it when we get a parcel within 24 hours of ordering on Mm amazon.com or uh, when such incidents happen right Uh, but uh, there's a lot of engineering going behind the scene uh, to make it happen so i think it will continue to evolve Uh, we are far from being perfect there and uh, i am very hopeful uh, and looking forward
0: so the book is in fact available in um, amazon and um, exactly the supply chain processes has been kind of phenomenal so they kind of um, track each of the shipments um, right from the source to the target, including the customer satisfaction at each of, the, each of the shipments which happens. So as a result, the entire value chain is kind of, um, you know, uh, whenever there is a certain incidents which is not beyond control, those get kind of managed and tracked. So um, there are also chapters in the book which talks about um, the data and its intelligence, uh, which we talked briefly. And the layer about AI, the important uh, layer in which um, data is being read, data is being assimilated, data is being kind of um, put into dashboards for kind of taking actions. And outputs are resulting in, you know, human-like uh, kind of um, intelligence, but, but controlled by humans. It is not that everything is being automated and uh, uh, humans have got no role to play. So um, AI is um, a, a kind of a, a, a layer which is an enabler in terms of, again, uh, leading towards our productivity, towards our, um, you know, how do we kind of scale up if we look at it from, a, from an enterprise perspective? How do we take effective decisions? How do we reduce, um, you know, if there are certain uh, pilferage, et cetera? But there is also a factor of responsible, you know, you have to be, all of us, we have to be responsible because uh, data can be misused also as we've seen, right? There is a lot of um, uh, misuse in terms of how people use it uh, to manipulate and to kind of uh, take the bad steps. So uh, the controls are very much important also. So what are your thoughts about um, the AI and the importance um, going forward?
1: So of course, the AI is a third step forward in terms of building intelligent systems. So first is uh, uh, analytics. The second is uh, building machine learning frameworks uh, on top of it. And the third one is basically artificial intelligence. So I think we are far from artificial intelligence in many, many subjects and many systems. And it needs that resilient work to in uh, one, one step each at a time to reach there. And you need a lot of data to reach there. That's one second is that uh, you know ai in my opinion in the initial several years would be in my uh, definition assisted intelligence rather than artificial intelligence so a lot of times right uh, it will assist us in doing our job better at times it will automate but at times it will also just assist us give us guidance show us the way based on certain uh, trends and certain signals So see, uh, what actually happens in our own life as we call that, you know, a particular person has got a lot of experience. What is this experience all about? The experience is about looking at data, looking at things, looking at circumstances and saying, okay, if this is what is happening around me, this is what might happen next and this is how we should respond to it. What is all this about? It's about experience right? and basically converting that experience into actionable insights that this is what we are supposed to do. So, with experience what we are actually doing is converting, uh, you know, uh, light signals into stronger signals. The more experience and the more understanding we have, the better we are able to look at things. How we are able to process it in our mind and how we are able to take decisions based on that data. So, it's basically amplification of signals so that we are able to take decisions. I think in the initial several years from now, we will see a lot of this signal amplification based on data that has been consumed by the machine which is where the amplification algorithm is written by you know through the machine learning algorithms where it understands the data better so that it can basically signal it out for you. So I think this is in my understanding it is going to be a step by step process to get there and uh, yeah and it will be exciting to see when uh, machines are able to do more than uh, what it is doing today and it liberates us to do Uh, I would say more uh, emotional jobs than uh, intelligent jobs.
0: Yeah, so uh, that's right. In fact, uh, one is the quality of the data. So we need to be very particular because remember these are just systems and (coughs) machines. So if the data quality is is moderate or poor, you will get poor results. (laughs) If the data quality is good, clean data, relevant data, uh, because we talked about iot and uh, so iot can produce thousands of data right mm-hmm. so those have to be kind of very much relevant accurate data which is looking at the problem and its solution so we need to collect that input second is the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the processing part of it and third is the basically getting uh, loads of data, loads of data, just like we, uh, uh, our brains are processing. We, are, we study so hard uh, to kind of, or we practice our sums so hard to get the final finish. The output is the same principle. So the, the computer requires that vo- uh, volume of clean data to, and make layers out of it. Uh, just like kind of Alexa and Siri does, right? It provides you recommendation based on uh, various inputs which it receives and then only you get the quality outputs. So I think that is important. Um, And the last part of it is actually... Uh, in terms of uh, you know the, the 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 cyber part of it, which is a buzzword actually, and everybody is concerned about it, including individuals, enterprises, and how do we kind of go about it? There is a chapter on cyber security, uh, the framework, uh, and uh, uh, people need to be kind of conscious. People need to put in uh, security uh, kind of uh, you know uh, operating systems check out heat maps to see what is kind of uh, 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 activities which is not regular, right? So it could be certain employees who is sending out data from the network. Uh, So there should be some heat maps or there should be some checks and controls so that we can manage it. Just like we keep our houses secure, right? So we we lock up our houses in the night uh, before we retire. So to prevent unauthorized people to come in, it's the same principle. So um, because we are being so dependent on data, we now need to be very careful in terms of how to manage it and progress it. And the last chapter which we have in that book is on software project management, which is again very important because we are in the business of kind of, um, you know, putting across uh, projects on technology. And uh, there is a certain uh, methodology, there is certain phases, And all of these phases have got important entry and exit criterias. Um, It is very important that uh, we would like to make success of those projects because those are valuable uh, inputs, both the enterprise in terms of effort, in terms of money, in terms of um, activities which uh, people kind of uh, evaluate and put in. So at the end of it, they should see the success So that they can ride on top of it. Um, In terms of your experience, what should be some of the preventions um, or some of the, uh, you know, ideas which we should uh, kind of um, uh, do uh, in terms of uh, project implementations?
1: Mm -hmm. So I think, see, uh, project implementation again is... uh, uh, is a science which is not a perfect science as such, right? Because it has human elements into it. So, I think it's a combination of uh, understanding the objective of the project sponsor, uh, understanding the objective of the project stakeholders, as well as the the financial uh, aspects of it. Uh, So, yeah, uh, project management is again uh, not a perfect science. I think it is a mix of science and art because it brings in the human elements into it. It also brings in a component of commerce because project has to be commercially viable. Uh, So it has to be designed and practiced the way it fulfills the purpose of all the stakeholders. Uh, Now, there has been different project management uh, methodology which has come in past. So we have seen uh, the traditional waterfall model, then we have seen the agile methodologies which have come in, the scrums, and now we also see a combination of these. Um, We also see uh, a new generation which is kind of believing on tools like Trello and tools uh, like uh, Slack to in fact run the whole project. So there is no one, uh, you know, there is no silver bullet to project management. I think uh, it's uh, horses for courses. So it depends on what kind of project you are doing, what is the complexity level of the project, uh, what is the comfort zone of the people who are involved in the project. And what kind of data and reporting you want to really bring out of it. I mean, if it is a simple project like, let's say, this whole podcast planning, uh, this can be done over a very simple tool. Uh, You really don't need much out there. But whereas, let's say, you want to uh, build a project which runs the complete technology or uh, digital uh, function of uh, the college that you uh, lecture in and want to manage the timetable of each Uh, I think you need much more deep dive and you need much more complex uh, tool where multiple stakeholders have to be kept involved, informed and engaged uh, throughout the whole process. So yeah, I think project management, of course, uh, it's a very important skill, but it can be done at different levels and using different types of tools. Correct. So I think uh, change management
0: is very important because it is basically changing the way people are, you know, basically work used to a pattern of working. Mm-hmm. So how do they adapt to the new ways of working? So that itself is an art. Uh, there is another chapter on managed services also because that is also equally important because we design, develop, and deploy systems in production, but how do we maintain that and manage that? How do we have our release plans? How do we have our change plans, how do we kind of manage the incidents because there should be a satisfaction from a user perspective. So um, digital transformation is actually a big buzzword uh, now being used um, across uh, industry, across uh, segments Uh, and um, a lot of the employees are finding it very difficult to get all the components. So we had a great session today to cover these areas which is actually there in the book, um, Digital Transformation Implementation Handbook. And I encourage um, all the viewers to read it and provide us a review in terms of what they feel, what do they, uh, how do they uh, want to go about it in the future. And um, we've also got a lot of uh, skills and expertise in terms of deployments. Um, I myself have a firm called Strategic Services, which does consulting work on technology-based projects, on data. And Abhishek will actually talk a bit about his firm in terms of the areas of work which you're doing. Sure,
1: uh, so INT is a 25-year-old company uh, which uh, basically provide product engineering for uh, financial services and life sciences companies. And we have, build, we have been building complex systems for uh, uh, startups as well as when entrenched uh, Uh, companies in the market for uh, last several years and they are running uh, billions of transactions every month. So, yeah, we have got a big responsibility on ourselves. Thank you. So, uh, wishing you all the best in the future. The next
0: 25 years belong to us to scale it forward. And I think uh, technology and uh, digital adoption would be the key drivers to it. All the best. Thank you. All the best. Thank you.